Welcome to Look What She Built, where we show you examples of what an iconic woman leader looks like. I'm your host, Jamie Rowe, and I'm so excited to have you here. I created Look What She Built because I want to celebrate the bold, the brave, and badass women who are doing business in their own way. In this podcast, we're going to interview and celebrate these women business owners, as well as bring on experts that can help us dive deep on topics like sales, self-care, money mindset, and more. So let's dive in and show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie Rowe from Look What She Built Podcast, and I have Rebecca Silence with me today. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Well, hello, Jamie. Thank you for having me back, and hello, all of you beautiful listeners. Oh, awesome. Okay, so Rebecca is not only an amazing author, um, an incredible emotional release coach, but also a very dear friend and a bridesmaid in my future upcoming, not future, my upcoming wedding. Yes, such an honor. This is so awesome. Okay. So for everyone else, for you to, you know, fall in love with Rebecca here, she is a groundbreaking voice in the space of healing and self-development. She's a speaker, a certified world-class emotional healing coach and international media personality. She's impacted millions through her radio, television, and in-person appearances. And her clients frequently tell her she brought them quotes back to life. Um, I just think you're like, um, you're like my celebrity friend. Um, and you were even quoted in Newsweek. Well, tell us about that. Yeah, the book. So coming back to life was published in October of 2022. And it was just quoted in an article about gaslighting in Newsweek magazine, where there's a piece where I say, we we don't lose our voices, we stop talking. And yeah, you can Google the gaslighting article in Newsweek and read the quote there, but it was a tremendous honor to have Newsweek credit me and reference the book. That's so awesome. We're gonna talk about gaslighting in a minute. And you also were the number one, um, tell us about that. I was voted by Red X Magazine, the top emotional health coach in the world in 2022, which is also something I'm super grateful for and extremely honored and humbled by. Yes. That's just so awesome. Um, Oh, this is so amazing. Okay. So we are going to talk about the book coming back to like, as you guys can see, if you're looking on YouTube, I've got lots of tabs here, more dog ears, other written pieces in here. This was such a pivotal book. There were moments I had to take a moment. I had to take a beat because it hit home so concretely into, I was like, oh, shoot, (laughs) I need to work on that too. Like pieces that came up, Um, your stories in here are just incredible. There's one story in here I do wanna talk about for sure. Um, But let's talk about gaslighting. You said the word gaslighting. I wanna make sure all our listeners know what that is. I mean, it's a movie from the thirties actually, isn't it? Right, yes, that's where the term comes from. But basically, you know, the work, that I do. I teach the practice of emotional healing because being emotionally intelligent and regulated and clear, it's actually something we always have control over. And then we don't necessarily know how to do that, right? And the the way this, I, I think, ties into gaslighting is when you know yourself so well and you when you have the ability to be 
emotionally clear, knowing the truth of who you are and being the version of yourself that you can be proud of, no one and nothing externally can threaten you again. So when someone is quote unquote gas lit, what is happening is they are questioning themselves. They are doubting themselves. They are confused and uncertain about who they are and, and what they believe. And they're often making themselves wrong when really what's wrong is the situation or somebody else's choice, not them. So with, if you look up the definition of gaslighting, you'll see that it says only power, only powerless victims are eligible to be gaslit, meaning someone who isn't believing in themselves is forgetting how capable and resourceful and resilient they are, is eligible to be gaslit, meaning someone else has the power to have them question themselves. So we can become someone who's never threatened again on a soul level, on a spiritual level, as a person connected to our own essence ever again. It's possible. Yeah. People can't mess with you after that. It's almost like, right? if anyone's, like, yes, I'm trying to think of an example. Like if you say something and someone's like, oh, you're just overly sensitive or, well, I don't know if that would be good. What, what, what is a good example or something you've heard with clients not using names about someone sure. who is like seriously gaslit. So I have a, a younger client who's an entrepreneur and pregnant and the boyfriend in the equation is telling her that she doesn't have what it takes to launch and run her business while she's pregnant. That would be an example of someone's opinion that isn't a fact potentially getting in the way of someone being able to believe in their vision and in themselves. Yeah. Isn't it like they're projecting their limiting beliefs on someone else? I mean, unfairly too. Well, absolutely. And I, I think also I'm a cancer survivor. That's part of what I write about in the book. It's, it's my story of how I learned how to use trauma to my advantage to make me even more alive and even more who I am. And, you know, we can call it projection, but people, when, when they're afraid for us, Sometimes they think that that's a healthy way to show love. Like, I'm going to try to protect you from failure. I'm going to try to protect you from falling on your face and having people watch. I don't want you to be embarrassed. I don't want you to not get your dreams. So what if we just hedge our bets and, you know, play it safe? That's often where people are coming from is they're using fear as a way to show and demonstrate love and to protect someone they care about. Or they just, in some very dysfunctional and unhealthy relationships, don't want the other person too powerful or don't want the other person to outshine them. But either way, their opinion, it doesn't have to define you. And it really doesn't have to mean anything unless you let it. And typically what happens is if I'm triggered by someone's opinion about me and, and what I'm doing or a choice I made, that's because I already had an insecurity. So my work is about healing from the inside out, kind of finding your own weak spots in a loving, gentle way so that that can get healed through reinforced. And that way, no one can stick their finger in your emotional wound or trigger ever again and dig around and have it mess with you because now it's healed. And when the scar is healed, it doesn't hurt. And that's actually my definition of healing. You're healed when you remember you're unshakably whole and when it doesn't hurt anymore. 
I mean, in essence, you're untouchable. You're unstoppable. You're unmessable. Okay. Yeah, unmessable. Is that a word? That's a word for us. Unmesswithable can be our word for the day, baby. <laughs> you can't mess with me. Yeah, no. almost like you're the eye of the storm regardless of what's happening around you. Because I've heard that a lot. Like, well, I come home and this person does this and that, right? Like you get to decide if that person's going to affect you or not. Here's the other question then. Other people can gaslight us. Have you seen where people gaslight themselves? Over and over and over again. I feel like that's really the epidemic we're talking about, right? I'm so glad you said that. I was just interviewed on a domestic violence podcast and they wanted me to talk about red flags. And what I talked about was what are the red flags that you can identify within yourself where you're not recognizing yourself anymore, where you're not talking, where you're forgetting how powerful and worthy and deserving you are. You know, the point is when we try to convince ourselves that we can't, that we're not capable, that we're not deserving, it's a crock. It is so not true. Complete BS. We absolutely can shine brighter than ever before and maybe even brighter than people we love and care about. And I think people dim themselves down or even dumb themselves down because they don't want to lose anyone. But what I love to say is the only thing you have to lose is you. Don't you dare let that happen. And you're an example in my life, Jamie, of someone who only loves me and is there for me more when I'm more me. And I hope you feel the same on, on my side with you. But to me, I'd rather know sooner rather than later when someone isn't a vibrational match for the version of who I am now and where my life is going next. I don't believe there's ever anything to lose. There's just me being unwavering in my commitment to my relationship with myself that absolutely sets the stage for every part of my life and the experience of life I'm having. Yes, same. I love it when you're you. Yeah. We're all, um, we all can be messy. And I like messy because then I get to know who you are. When someone's vulnerable with me, A, that's an honor that they yeah. are being vulnerable with me. And I celebrate that. And that's a lot of the work I do with clients. And you, of course, they they have to be vulnerable to do the deep work that you um, offer. And so I love that. I think that's getting to know people. But have you seen with people, when you start to work with them, have you noticed that they have people fall away? I mean, where there is maybe even a void where they've been having people around them that have been gaslighting them their whole life or toxic relationships. And they become to, do they ever come to you and be like, Rebecca, we've done all this work and I have no friends now. And I'm not yeah. talking about half of my family. Like, what is that something that happens? Well, I've never had a client come to me and say, okay, great. Now we work together and now I have no friends. That has never happened. However, <laughs> okay, I have had clients come to me very confronted around whether or not a relationship should stay intact based on, you know, I'm, I'm growing and this is the pushback I'm getting or this person is now distancing themselves. Sure, that's happened. But the deal is whatever falls away, it makes room for something better. So I love to play a game with myself and with my clients that we're always trading up. Anything that went away, oh, it's about to get even better. So you can keep the best of what was there that you were so loving and what was so precious and you can elevate it 
and expand on it. But in most cases, what I teach my clients how to do is to set themselves up to win and to no longer be afraid of the truth, their truth or another person's truth. The truth never hurts, just like love never hurts. And what we will find the more honest we are is what's in alignment and what's not. And every person on the planet, my coach gave me this just nugget of soul food that changed my life. Every person on the planet is not meant to be on our same path forever. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're in a relationship, you and I, for a few years now, but decades where we didn't even know each other. I can't imagine life without you at this point, but people come and people go. And the point is everyone's soul journey, it's unfolding exactly correctly, exactly perfectly. And we don't need to try to manipulate someone else's soul journey so that we don't feel insecure or abandoned. What we can do is heal through our insecurities, our abandonment wounds. We can stop rejecting ourselves and we can make room for what's in alignment now. And this book is about finding a way to have your life be yours, to take ownership over your life and to use your past, your pain, your heartbreak as rocket fuel as you choose powerfully the life you want. And, and another thing I love to say is I don't want people just imagining their dream come true life. I want them living it. And we all can. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And that's so inspirational because a lot of people think they can't, they're not in possibility. And I know right. that's one of the things you talk about a lot, which rings so true for me and for so many other people that I've talked to about this book. It's about being in possibility, especially in the darkest times when you're in a hole, when you're in a gas station in Las Vegas, which I'd love for you to share that story about what happened and knowing that, Hey, and maybe not in that moment, with what had happened, but later on realizing, okay, there's possibility. I don't have to live like this anymore. I don't have yeah. to be in this place. Um, there's something, this or something better. So can yeah. you tell, are you comfortable sharing that story a little bit in the book? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Please. I'm, I'm an open book. So, you know, I, I grew up in an addictive household with some pretty severe abusive dynamics going on, which normalized for me, like so many of us, that, you know, love comes along with some messed up dynamics. And there were people in my family system that modeled self-harming behaviors. And as much as I wanted to be a part of healing my family, I ended up kind of subscribing to similar ways of coping that I saw growing up. So fast forward, I'm in my late twenties, about to turn 30. I had already gotten out of a domestic violence marriage with a two-year-old daughter. I was a single mother, broke, terrified, going bankrupt. And I ended up a few years after that, moving to Las Vegas for a job and, and with another man that I thought I was going to end up marrying. And my bulimia was at an all-time high. My self-loathing and self-hatred was at an all-time high. And I love the word possibility because it isn't implying optimism. It's not positivity. It's about what is possible. There is still possibility beyond how I feel in this moment, beyond how limited life seems in this moment. There's always possibility. And there's always just the ability to take one next step or make one next choice. So there was this day where I was driving to pick up my daughter 
from kindergarten. She was in kindergarten and I had had a cupcake that day and it was all I had eaten. And this is around three, three thirty in the afternoon and about an hour before I had eaten a cupcake. I hadn't eaten anything up until that point. And I decided I was going to stop at this gas station. I had a toothbrush in my purse, this old dirty toothbrush, just ready for any time I wanted to throw up. And I just, I'll never forget this day because I'm in the slimiest, most disgusting, smelly Las Vegas gas station bathroom. And I go to throw up and I couldn't. And I remember thinking, I don't even have my eating disorder, right? I can't win. I can't even do this. And I just fell apart on the floor of this bathroom crying. I stayed persistent, did end up throwing up the cupcake, cried, put my face back on, took a deep breath, stoic, drove, got my daughter, went on with my day in a, a zombie state going through the motions like so many out there. And it just was a pivotal memory when I was writing this book, the point of me sharing my story and coming back to life is to help readers connect to theirs and to see that trauma doesn't have to mean less of a life. And this was a moment where my ego shattered around me and that gave me this opening to more possibility. And it wasn't long after that, that I left the guy, I left Las Vegas and started again. And from, from there, you know, so, so much has happened. A business took off. I'm in a second marriage. I have a, another daughter, two daughters, and, and my family is my pride and joy. So much success, so much accomplishment. But for me, it's not about the results. It's about the experience of belonging to myself again and my life being mine. And that's my wish for anybody that wants it. Yeah. And what, so was that the pivotal moment? Because sometimes I see where like people where it happens and I've had this too in my life from like, okay, I'm going to make these changes. But then there's like this, what's it called? Backflash or whatever. And then moving forward or yeah. was that, I mean, that could have been a, you know, a dirty gas station. People know Las Vegas. And if you know Las Vegas, that is a dirty gas station. I'm sure. Right. Oh, well, that yeah. Well, it was a moment. This is what I would say about it, Jamie. It was a moment where I didn't recognize myself and I didn't want to be that person. And so that's what made it pivotal. It took a while before, you know, the, the tipping point happened in another direction. It wasn't until being 34 and pregnant with a 5% chance to live with cancer, with me being in the middle of my dream life, all my dreams come true, me thinking I had beat my past that I really surrendered into. So who am I going to choose to be? Because I think there's this illusion or a myth that suggests that we should just know who we are. And what I believe and what cancer taught me was we have to decide. We're never going to wake up and know who we are. We, we became someone to survive. That day in the gas station, that was me at the height of living into a commitment to my survival personality and my survival self and to survival. And then cancer gave me the gift of just deciding who am I? What do I want to experience what do I want to create in this life and who would I need to be to make that happen and I don't want people to wait for it to get worse or to think they need a crisis or a breakdown so often I hear people say well it's not bad enough yet 
so I don't need to work on this or work with you yet. And I go, all right, good luck to you, wishing you all the best. And I genuinely mean that. But what if we don't have to wait for it to get worse? What if we just get to decide that I don't like how I've been living? I can start again and I can choose who I want to be. And just know that if you're identifying as successful based on anything that can be taken away from you, you've got a shaky foundation at best. I thought I'm the successful business owner, wife, mother, I'm sexy, I'm a good friend, I'm a good sister, I'm a good this, I'm a good that. Everything went away in the blink of an eye with the cancer diagnosis. I couldn't be any of that anymore. The results that I was using as a measuring stick around my worthiness, they all fell away. And it's the greatest gift of my life because that gave me the opportunity to just choose. Who am I going to be? Because I am the leader. I'm the author. I am the director of my own life. Yeah, for sure. We all, yes. But we can't be the director of our own life if we're in survival mode. So let's talk about that because you were in survival mode, especially in Vegas, different points in your life. We all are at some point. How does someone know, someone listening right now, how would they know if they're in survival mode right now? Yeah, so I'm going to make it really simple. Is it easy? No, but it is the simple. If you aren't feeling exhilarated and excited about your life, you're in survival mode. When you're feeling free and alive and like there is nothing limiting you, you're out of survival mode and we're not living there enough. What I find is that most people, they've experienced life outside of survival mode, but it's the exception. It's not the rule. Survival is the rule for so many and it can become the exception. Yes. Okay, great. So if you're not be feeling exhilarated, you're not excited to wake up in the morning, you're not excited about the work that you're doing or how you're spending your time, then it's time to reevaluate and take a look at what's going on in your life and what changes you need to make. Following along with that, let's talk about commitment. Okay. Because when we're talking about ingredients to move forward, if someone said, okay, I get it. I'm in survival mode. I'm not super happy. I've been putting a smiley face on things and I've got my coping mechanisms. I'm fine. (laughs) Feelings inside, not expressed. Um, but or effed up insecure, neurotic, and emotional. That's what they teach you in a master's counseling program. Yes. I like that one. I always forget that one, but (laughs) there's that too. Way more powerful. So uh, in your book, you talked about um, committing to being courageous because this is moving big pieces in your life. Like you said, it's simple, but it's not easy. Okay. And that's important to note that if it was, you know, easy, everyone would do it. I really hate that phrase, but, but your question in here is what would happen if you committed courageously to being who you took, who it took to have the life you want. If you took on being the person it took to live your life your way. What about your commitment to yourself? What would have to change? Yeah. Um, what happens when someone goes to work with you and they're not 100% committed to the work? What happens? Or anyone, oh. not necessarily working with you or anywhere. What happens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the thing about commitment is what we're choosing 
it's a powerful choice. And often it doesn't feel powerful when we're making that choice afraid, but we have to understand that we're always committed. There's no one out there that has commitment issues, meaning they can't commit. It's just a very brave thing to commit to what would serve, take care of, honor, and respect you versus just committing to what keeps you safe, comfortable, in survival, doing it right, but someone else's version of what's right. We learn growing up what's acceptable and what's not. And that becomes our prescription that we prescribe to ourselves around what we can or can't do. And the point is, there's not a right or a wrong way to live, but there is what's right and wrong for you. And too many of us, we don't know how to access our inner healer, that wisest part of ourselves, the highest version of ourselves that can always say, this is a yes and this is a no. So when people come to work with me, they get very clear, very fast around what's a yes, what's a no, what do they want? What don't they want? And then it is just about taking a deep breath and finding a path just to the next tiny little step. Don't get yourself overwhelmed. But again, if you want a life that feels better than your dreams come true. It is so available to you. And I am not this like idealistic, my life is perfect coach. I have been to hell and back over and over again, but I learned how to master me so that my life is mine no matter what. And there's nothing about how I'm living that I would change. And I want that again for anybody that wants it. And it's so possible. But this word commitment, it is as simple as a yes or a no. It is a, you're either in it or you're not. You're, you're all in or you're not. So when I'm working with people, I help them not kid themselves. One of the things that I lovingly say when people ask me at a networking event, you know, like, what do you do? I help people stop lying to themselves so they can be free. That's what I do. So I help you see where you're maybe saying one thing and then your actions are incongruent. Let's get your actions in alignment with what you say you want. Let's get you really honest about, do I really want this? And, and the part about, are you going to be the person it would take to create the thing you say you want? That's what's so important because it really isn't about anything more to do. Like if you're thinking, I want my life, I want to take my life back. I want to love my life, the rest of it, but I, I don't have the capacity to do more. Here's the good news. You don't have to do anything. We're going to do a hell of a lot less, and we're going to get you in a state of beingness that you have control over and that feels exhilarating and free and gives you the ability to get clear about each next move that you're going to make. Mm, I love that. That feels so much better than because you can commit to doing the work, right? Working with you, doing the work and committing to yourself, committing to who you want to become. Yeah. But you also can commit to a victim story. You can commit to self-loathing. You can commit just like, I mean, a book here. When I was on my knees on the floor in the gas station bathroom, I was unwilling to be great. I was committed to feeling lost, trapped, and unwanted. How was this beneficial? I was committed to suffering and self-loathing. So you can commit to things that are not great, but you're, like you said, I'm going to help you stop lying to yourself. How often do you think that that's running on autopilot underneath unconsciously, like people don't oh, even yeah. realize they're a victim? 
Well, and, and again, let's just make it simple. We're either committed to fear, survival, or possibility, life. And one of the things that people don't think about when they think about commitment is the experience we're having. It's also a commitment. So that's what I'm saying in the book. When I'm feeling lost, I'm committed to, I'm doubling down on a belief that I'm lost, which gives me more evidence that I'm lost. And now I'm in this experience and it's just gospel. It's just true. So we can look at the experience of life we want to have and start with a commitment to that even before, and even if it seems impossible for external circumstance to change. That's what happened to me when I was sick. I was committed to, the doctors were telling me, write your will. I just had a baby. I had just gotten married and I'm dying. I refused to commit to believing that was true. And I decided to have an experience of committing to, I am going to meet myself beyond measure. I remember thinking and deciding I am committed to this being the ultimate seminar. I am going to meet myself and I am unwilling not to have that experience and outcome. And I did. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to unfold, but I met a version of me that had been right there hidden in plain sight that I didn't know yet, that has become my own source of security and encouragement. And that is what is possible for all of you. Being the source of your own security, being the source of your own encouragement, and being able to flex the muscle that has you deciding with full-on commitment what experience you want to have in a moment, no matter what's going on around you. Well, that's one of the things I love about you, is that you walk the walk. You're not just a talking head coach because I've met those where they're not doing what they preach. They haven't done some of the things that they say, right? Like you've done all the things. You have been into the darkest places, probably darker than most clients that you've worked. And I don't want to compare, there's no comparison here, but is that you have been there. You have been there and you can have an empathetic ear of what's going on um, and really help people see a different, it's a whole new frame of life of this possibility. And it just takes knowing that everything is right here. And you have reminded me of that at many moments. And we've had moments together. We're just like, oh my gosh, this just sucks, right? Like, um, and that to be that everything is right here and that to listen to your heart um, and to listen to your soul because they're all right. You have everything that you need. You don't need to, no no one's going to rescue you. No one's going to save you. It's all right here. And I think that's such a powerful message because sometimes you feel so powerless, especially if you're being abused, either mentally, physically, whatever the case, you feel like you don't have any power. And your message is you do have power. You can get through this and um, I'm here to help you. So I just, it's just really beautiful. Um, I want everyone to read this book, Coming Back to Life, Rebecca Silence, um, A Roadmap to Healing, from pain to create the life you want. Rebecca, tell people how they can find you and find this book. Yeah, and real quick first, I just yeah. want to say that it's not only you can get through this, whatever you're facing right now, you're inevitably going to get through this. And in the moments that feel the darkest, the medicine is quite literally you loving you and you connecting to the depth of who you are and recognizing that you have the power to choose. And I also, 
I just don't want people to be afraid of their power. Power isn't going to hurt anybody. You loving you and, and living out loud volume turned all the way up. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's going to model possibility for everyone. And it will attract that's you being the lighthouse that will attract what's in alignment and right for you and correct for you now for this next season of your life. So with that being said, you can definitely visit RebeccaSilence.com to get access to me and services, products. There are courses, the book. There's also a YouTube channel. But on my website, for anyone that is feeling called to explore the idea of the practice of emotional healing or the unique trauma release processes that I coach and facilitate, there is a free trigger trauma release masterclass on the homepage at RebeccaSilence.com that you can have me be your coach right here, right now, or anytime you need it. If you're up against anything seemingly impossible or insurmountable, please give yourself the gift of taking this class with me and experience a process that can take you out of the dark and into clarity and a new commitment for yourself and into new possibility for yourself right away. Mm, wow. Okay. I, I'm going to go over there. I mean, <laughs> this is free. Any chance you get to spend time, even watch Rebecca silence. I highly suggest it. It'll change your life. So thank you, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening and just know healing isn't promised, but it is possible. Yes. Love it. Awesome. Thank you everyone for listening. I appreciate you and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this conversation. I'm Jamie Rowe with Look What She Built, the one and only podcast that celebrates the brave, bold, and badass women who are doing business their way and telling us about it. Until next time, go show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Please share this with three women because we all need to share positive messages in the world. And if you want to learn more, please connect with me on social at Impact to Income. Thank you.